We are going to look into the scriptures today, God's word to bring encouragement. Amen. So good. Good to see everyone. And uh, we just pray that you will uh, be attentive this morning. Uh, now, there are a lot of churches live streaming, so I don't want you visiting any churches. It's so easy to visit a church now with just a, uh, a click of the, uh, of the screen of the finger. Uh, but please, would you just uh, set this time aside with your church family and with your pastor and just open up your heart today. If you have your Bibles, open up with me to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, I'm going to read verses 1 to 10. The Bible declares, the Scriptures tell us, David speaking, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and were they looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord saved him out of all around all those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I've entitled my message uh, for you this morning, How to Worship when you are worried, how to worship when you are worried. That question uh, that I propose, uh, I propose that in the midst of a crisis that is unprecedented. We are all dealing with something that has, we have not known in our lifetime. This is not a local problem, but it really is a global one. It is not just here, but it's everywhere. And it is really uh, so overwhelming, and we are truly living in uncertain times. There are just there are more questions than there are answers, and for many, it causes fear and panic, uncertainty, and and people are worrying everywhere. So the question for the child of God, the question for you this morning that are listening, the question is: How do you worship when you're worried? What do you focus on at this time? Do you focus more on God or more on the crisis? And I think that is relevant. And I believe the Word of God has an answer for us. Aren't you glad this morning that we are not left to our emotions? We are not left to what the headlines say or to what people say. But we have the Word of God that speaks so relevantly and so powerfully to us today. As we look at Psalm 34... The book of Psalms, I love the Psalms. You could always find yourself, no matter what you're going through, it, it, it spans the depth of human emotions and human experience. And uh, the Psalms are Israel's worship list or worship playlist. The Psalms are prayers that are put to music so that the people of God 
not only back thousands of years ago, but even today, can still worship God, can still praise God. Amen? Most of the Psalms are written by David, some were written by Moses, some were by the sons of Asaph, but they all follow a particular pattern, if you will. They have a certain flow in every psalm. We start off with a problem. There's a trial. There's, there's some crisis. It could be a national crisis in the nation of Israel, or it could be a personal crisis, as if in the, in the life of, of David. But then there's always a promise that we see, some promise that's related to who God is and to what he's done in times past and, and who he proclaims himself to be in the present. And then it usually ends, if, if it doesn't begin that way, it ends with, with praise, with worship, with the people of God, whether collectively or individually, lifting up honor and glory and worship to the King, to the Lord, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Someone has once said about the book of Psalms that Psalms could be summarized in one simple phrase. And here it is. Life is hard, but God is good. Life is hard, but God is good. And we sang about the goodness of God. And I know every one of you that are listening, that know Jesus in a personal way, that have a relationship with God. You have experienced the goodness of God in some of the most difficult and trying circumstances and times in your life. Life is hard. Right now, particularly there's no denying that, especially today. Life is very hard, but I still believe that God is good. He's very good. We like to say it, or we used to say it in another century. The Lord is good all the time. I'm just, I'm just waiting to hear... Uh, I should have my phone out and see the response, but the Lord is good and you type in all the time. All the time, God is good. Amen. So how do we worship when we are worried? How do we worship when we're worried? I want to quickly give you three points from the scriptures. Now this morning, as we have online church I am, uh, as your pastor, I am committed to the Word of God. I do believe that no matter what's going on in the world, that we need to have worship in our, our streamlined services, that we need to have prayer in our streamlined services, that we need to have the Word of God preached, not just a, a five-minute five message, but the Word of God proclaimed because it's by faith it's by faith we live, and our faith is strengthened through the preaching and the teaching and the hearing of the Word of God. So my three points this morning. Number one, how do you worship when you're worried? You need to feel. You need to feel. You need to not deny your emotions. And why do I say that? Because when we look in God's Word, Psalm 34, look what David says in verse 4. I sought the Lord, and He heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Here we have David. 
the man of God, the man after the heart of God, so prominent in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, a hero of the faith, a man after the heart of God, proclaimed by God himself about David. But you know what? David had fears. David had troubles. We see that all throughout his life. He had his predecessor, King Saul, throw spears at him and hunt him down for years where David had to run and hide in caves and flee into the wilderness, running from a mad king who was trying to kill him. David had his own son, Absalom, rebel against him and take his throne and turn his people against him. David even experienced incest among his own children with Amnon and Tamar. David also experienced the plague in his kingdom during his reign where 70,000 people died because of his own foolishness when he numbered the people in the kingdom. What am I trying to say is that David had fears and troubles that were in epic proportions. He was not immune to pain and suffering, but he, he wasn't too proud. Listen to me this morning. He wasn't too proud to say that he felt it, that he, that he was hurting, that he was fearful, that he was in trouble. What am I trying to say this morning to you? It's okay to feel the effects of the crisis that's going on in our world. It's okay to question. It's okay to wonder. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to grieve. We are human. We cannot deny the human side of who we are. You see, it is good and it is healthy to process your pain instead of denying your pain. We as followers of Jesus Christ, we do not live in denial. You know what? Right now, it stinks. Life, things are bad. It is a difficult time. It is a challenging time. It is a time causing fear and panic and worry worldwide. No matter who you are, you could be a king, you could be a prince, you could be a governor or whatever you are, wringing your hands in uncertainty and fear and not knowing and not having the answers. David, as a man of God, as a, a, a believer, a follower of God, he said, I have fears, I'm in trouble, but I'm glad he didn't stay there. And listen, you don't have to stay there. I'm not saying you live in the fear, you live in the trouble. No, you, you acknowledge it, you bring it to God. Here's what David said in Psalm 56, verse 3. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. Whenever I'm in fear, I will trust in the Lord. There was another Old Testament king by the name of Jehoshaphat. He was told by his advisors that there were nations, several nations coming against him at one time. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the Bible tells us that King Jehoshaphat, when he heard the news, he feared. He was afraid. He began to worry. But thank 
God he didn't stay there thank God we don't have to stay there we might fear we might worry but then we turn to God and the Bible says King Jehoshaphat he feared but then he set himself to seek the Lord hallelujah what am I saying we have fears we have feelings but we don't allow them to control us we acknowledge them but we don't live there You see, this morning I want to encourage you as you're listening to the Word of God. Not only only today, not only this morning, but tonight, tomorrow. Feed your faith, not your fears. Feed your faith. How do you do that? Simply through the almighty Word of God. This is God's Word. This will bring encouragement. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of all hope fill you with all hope and joy in believing that you might abound, that you might abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you in this season. He wants me in this season not to be running in fear, but to be standing firm in faith. Not because we're, we're, we're stronger than other people, we have this great discipline or, or, or we have a certain temperament that has a propensity to, to, to be strong. No, no, no. I'm talking about standing firm and standing strong in God, in Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You know what I have found during this time? That the Word of God and the things we believe are more relevant than ever. I think sometimes we hear scriptures preached on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and we hear sermons and we just take them for granted because we're not in a crisis and we can kind of skate by in, this, in, in good seasons. But let me tell you, you can't skate by now without trusting in God. You have to trust in God. I want to encourage you, feed your faith and starve your fears. Let me give you something practical. I've been reading different articles in the World Health Organization. Now, this ain't a church or, or a ministry saying this. The World Health Organization is saying this about how to cope with the virus. You know what the World Health Organization is saying? One of the things it's saying is don't watch too much TV. Wow. The World Health Organization is telling us, and and I read another article by a psychologist. Again, this wasn't a Christian. This wasn't a preacher. This wasn't some Bible talk. This was a psychologist. He says, as far as safeguarding your mental health, limit news and social media intake. Wow, that's good advice. So I encourage you this morning, feed your faith and starve your fears. Don't feed your your fears by listening over and over. Yes, we need to be aware of what's going on. Yes, we need to get updates and and be be, uh, attuned to what's happening. But don't immerse yourself in the news. Immerse yourself in the Word of God. So number one, how did David worship during a time of worry? Or how did he overcome his worry by worshiping? Number one, he felt. Number two, he had fellowship. Look what the Bible says, Psalm 34, verse 2. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Verse 3, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us 
exalt his name together. Fellowship is a word from the New Testament, from the Greek word koinonia. That Greek word denotes sharing, close association, or mutual participation. Sharing the same purpose. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the early church, the Bible says, they continued earnestly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in prayer. We're talking about, when we talk about fellowship, we are talking about a biblical word that speaks of the church coming together. Now, I understand we can't do that in a physical sense, but you know what? We can still do it in a spiritual sense. We can still do it in a spiritual sense. So this morning, I want to encourage you to overcome your worry, to learn how to worship. It is important that we come together in faith. You see, David realized he needed others with him. When he was going through his fear, when he was in trouble, he said, come, magnify the Lord, join with me. Let us exalt his name together. We need each other. Please listen to me this morning. We need each other. Please stay connected. Stay connected with your church. Please stay connected with Victory Church by listening. One thing that I want to do is, is daily at 12 o'clock is to sh just share a, a short devotion with you and pray with you and come into agreement. I need to stay connected as your shepherd with you. But you know what? You need to stay connected with others. Text them. But you know what? So, you know what's good old-fashioned sometimes, but why don't you make a call? Call somebody. Encourage somebody. I've instructed the life group leaders to start to make some calls. We have more time now, really. Think about it. We can't watch sports, football, basketball, baseball. Nothing's on. Can't go to the movies. Can't go out to eat. We have a lot of time. And you know what? If we don't prioritize that time, surely something else is going to squeeze in there. But let's make a priority. Let's reach out to one another. You know, a powerful saying that I came across that is a, is a, is a, a little jingle, but it's powerful. I want you to hear it because it is so, so true. A joy shared is double the joy. A sorrow shared is half the sorrow. Let me say that again because it is powerful. It, it might be a cute little jingle, but let me tell you, it's, 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 it's relevant. It's, it, it really speaks, in, and it makes the point about relationships. If you have a joy and you share it with somebody else, it's double the joy. I've been places and done, done some things and experienced some beauty of creation around the world. And I've been with people, and it was so fun to share with. It's times I just looked and I said, oh, wow, that's beautiful. But there was no one to talk to. But when you have someone, the joy is double. And it's the same with a sorrow. A sorrow that you share with somebody else becomes half the sorrow because that other person could enter in with you and pray for you and feel with you and listen to you. What am I trying to say? Relationships are critical, period, in life. But again, now 
the word of God becomes so much more relevant and practical and, and essential for us in this hour. We need each other. I thought it was cool in, in Italy. Um, they're facing such devastation and people are dying by the hundreds every day. Please, let's pray for the nations. Let's pray for those especially that are hard hit like Italy. But they had a clip on, on the news where the uh, Italian people were just singing from, from one balcony to another, to one another. And, and, and just how beautiful that was, that, that sense of community. Just think of the human spirit. Think of the, uh, of the need we all have for companionship in fellowship, and in interaction. They began to sing, and others were joining in from their balconies, and it was just a, a special moment. It was, it was just the human spirit shining through and, and, and how, how good some things could, good things could come out of bad situations. Fellowship, relationship. Listen, this morning, if money is all you have, if fame is all you have, if good looks are all you have. I feel for you this morning. I feel sorry for you if that's all you have. Why? Because we need each other to get through a crisis. And I know we can't, we can't all gather together. This morning we have about five or six of our staff here, helpers, seven or eight, just to facilitate this live stream. And we are practicing social distance I know we can't be together, but we can still call one another. We can still care for one another. And you know what? We can pray for one another. As I was thinking of this, prayer is not limited by time nor space. Think about it. Prayer is not limited by time nor space. Paul the Apostle, in a, in a prison cell, where he wrote actually several of his, his correspondence, his letters, his epistles as we know them in the New Testament. He wrote the Word of God in prison. And in many of those epistles, many of those letters in correspondence with individuals and churches, you know what Paul says? He says, pray for me. They were separated by miles, hundreds of miles in some instances. He says, please pray for me. And he said, I'm praying for you. Victory Church, I want you to know we're praying for you. Just last night, as we do every Saturday night, praying for our Sunday services, my wife and I were praying, and, and just to hear my wife mention many of you by name, not just a couple, but many of you by name, just praying for you. And I trust that all throughout the state in, in the region of Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, that call Victory their church, that are part of this community of faith. May there be prayers going up, ascending before God as you lift up not just your needs, but you pray for other people. You pray for God's grace, God's protection, God's mercy to be upon his people. I want you to understand that we want to love on you, we want to pray for you, but we also want to care for you. If there are those of you that are in need, if you need food, if you need supply, we want to help you out. 
We will not allow the spirit of fear to control us. We will not allow the spirit of fear to cause us just to be turned inward and forget about we support missionaries and finances are challenging at this time because people are not coming into a building. But you know what? We're going to still support our missionaries by the grace of God. We're going to support one another. If you need food, if you need supplies, call us up this week. We will do our best to minister to you. You are not alone. We stand as a church together. And this church is a generous church. This church is blessed because people have been generous and have given and sacrificed. And you know what? God blesses that. God honors that. And I encourage you to continue to be generous and faithful with your tithes and your offerings and your your stewardship campaign and your missions giving that the work of God might stay strong in Jesus' name. Not only did David feel in fellowship, but lastly, he focused. He focused. How do you worship when you're worried? You need to have a focus that is a God focus. What did the psalmist, what did David say in Psalm 34? He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Verse 5, he says, they looked to him and were radiant. Their focus was upward to God and the glory of his presence shone upon them. The glory of God shine shown in their life in a powerful way i want you to understand that god's glory has not diminished during this crisis i want you to understand that the word of god is still true no matter what the circumstances are we can still bless god we can still praise god we can still worship god in spite of what is going on and david showed us that why because his focus was on god and his word in joshua chapter 3 As the people of God were preparing to enter into the promised land, they started out on their journey. And you know how God instructed them? They were entering into new new territory, uncharted territory. And you know what God said to them? I want you to keep your eyes on the the golden box, the Ark of the Covenant. It was a a box of several feet long and a couple of feet wide and high. And 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 the priest, under the instruction of God, would carry that. And that symbolized the presence of God, the glory of God, the word of God, the blessing of God. And you know what God said? You know what his instruction was to the people in entering into a new place, uncharted territory, somewhere they'd never been before? You know what God said? Keep your eye on the, on the ark, for you have not come this way before. You have not come this way before. You see, in life, we can tend to put things on autopilot. What do I mean by that? We just kind of go through the motions in life, and, and as long as things are kind of smooth, we have a job, you know, where we, we, we're going through life, and got money, we're buying what we need, going where we want, doing what we want. It's kind of easy to skate through. But you know what? When you go through to a new place, uncharted territory, it really causes you to have to trust God. But shouldn't that be what, who we are as the people of God? 
The just shall live by faith. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I believe that something good is going to come out of such a bad situation. I believe the church is going to be stronger. I believe you're going to be stronger in your faith. I believe God's going to do a deeper work in your heart. I believe something good is coming out of this in Jesus' name. You see, as I bring this to a close, the most important thing that we hold to is the truth of the cross of Jesus Christ. No one understands your pain like Jesus. I can say that confidently, authoritatively, without any kind of uncertainty. I know that I know that I know no one understands you. Jesus understands you better than you understand yourself, for sure. He knows your pain. The Bible says of Jesus, he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. The Bible tells us of Jesus, he was touched with the feelings of our infirmity, and he sympathizes with our weaknesses. John Stott, he was a British theologian, and he wrote a book on the cross. And he said this, I could never myself believe in God if it were not for the cross. In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who is immune to it? Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on an old rugged cross, not for his sins, but for your sins, for my sins. He suffered in life and he suffered in death, but thank God on the third day he rose again, triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. And he is exalted on high. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but he is also a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And right now, right where you are at, Jesus knows the pain, the confusion of what you're going through. I encourage you to draw near to him. I close with this, this last uh, story, just a, a testimony, if you will. Back many years ago, I won't say how many, because I'll give away how old I am. But when I was in Bible college, it was my second year. I think I was around 22 years old. Oh, to be 22 again. Young, very young. At a very impressionable age. At a critical time in my life. And, and again, this could, could apply to any of you when I get to the... the, the, the main point of what I'm trying to say. It's not so much of how old you are as much as the season you're in and, and what you need to do in that season. But I remember being in Bible college. I did not come from a Christian home. I didn't come from a home of ministry or missionaries, pastors. And so I'm in Bible college and I'm just going through a discouraging time, which looking back at now, I feel like it was of critical time because I could have given up. I could have left Bible college. I could have quit, given up on God, given up on ministry. But I remember being so discouraged, and I remember some of the thoughts coming into my mind. Not every thought that comes into your mind is from God. 
You know, God, God does inspire us with thoughts, but the devil also comes in with thoughts. And we have to discern. And, and I knew it wasn't God because it was, it was a condemning voice, a negative voice. But nonetheless, it began to overwhelm me. And I thought at that moment that maybe I shouldn't even be in Bible college. Who am I? How could I be in ministry? I, I couldn't even conceive of it. But I remember that night at that critical moment, almost thinking of leaving Bible college. What a, what a mistake that would have been. I thank God for his grace that led me to go into the chapel, into the Zion Gospel Temple, and just to sit there. And I was so discouraged, thinking of giving up, not knowing what the future held. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit in that moment, I didn't even have a lot of uh, uh, faith or uh, passion to pray, but I just knew I needed to sit in God's presence and just present myself to God. And I remember in that moment, a special holy moment, a special moment of my life, and all of a sudden a song came to me and a worship rose from my heart. And in that moment of discouragement, wanting to give up, wanting to give in, not feeling like I can go on, can anybody relate to that? A song just rose up in my heart, an old Andre Crouch song. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all. And the song would have certain choruses, and don't worry, I'm not going to sing. I want to bless you this morning. If I sing, I won't bless you. But part of the song was, if I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve it. I'd never know what faith in his word can do. And it was at that moment, that God's presence came and God touched me in such a powerful way. And I believe I'm here today walking in faith, trusting in God, growing stronger in God because that critical moment I made a decision. But more importantly, God touched me. I made a small decision. I don't want to glorify myself. I want to glorify the Lord. But I made a small decision to go and present myself before God. And God in his mercy and his grace came to me and touched me by His Spirit. How are we going to worship in a season of worry? How are we going to gain the victory over worry and worship? Number one, it's okay to feel. Number two, you need to fellowship. You need to be with people of like faith. From a distance, yes, but you can still be together. But you also need to have a focus that's God-oriented, that you're focusing on God, that you're looking to Him, and let me tell you, if we look unto Jesus, we're going to get through it. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're going to walk on the water. You know, Peter, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the water. When he got his eyes on the storm, the wind and the waves, he began to sink. And right now you might be sinking, but just cry out, Lord, save me. And the Lord will lift you up. In Jesus' name, I pray a blessing in Jesus' name over your life. Amen. Amen. Receive the word of God today. Let faith be stirred in your hearts. Let's pray together, wherever you are right now. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the word of God. I pray you would quicken the scriptures that I read. I pray that you'd quicken the word of God to every heart and every mind as this this message goes through the airwaves over the internet. Father God, I pray that your word would come alive in the hearts of people and that their lives would be impacted, they'd be strengthened in faith, and that you would just cause your word to accomplish what you purpose and let it not come back void, but let it be fruitful and let it be a blessing to your people in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Pastor Mike is going to come. I thank God for the staff. I thank God for their hard work during this time. And he's going to come and pray for the offering and lead you in our giving in this part, in this time of worship during our service. Amen.